new dream. Typically, there are other people in the dream. People can, of course, represent themselves. They can represent their profession or their ministry. Or it could be the meaning of their name. So, way back I had a dream and an old school friend was in the dream and her name was uh, the equivalent of Margaret. And I just knew when I woke up that she wasn't really representing herself because it just didn't fit in. So I looked up the meaning of her name, Magaita, and it was like grace. So God was talking to me about grace, the grace of God. By the grace of God, you can do this, this, and this. Don't limit yourself. So she wasn't representing herself. Other times, uh, I've had dreams um, where the president is in the dream or the prime minister's in the dream. And sometimes, because of the role that they have, they could represent the Lord because they are the person with the authority over the nation. So they can have symbolic meanings like that. If you've got Billy Graham in your dream, it could be talking about an evangelistic um, calling, you see. And so it's important to identify the people in your dream. Then what are the main symbols? Like we just did an aeroplane, we did a wing. What are the main, and then think about what are the potential meanings? Because when you get a dream, you want to try and identify what are the key things. Don't go into, if it's a dream that's five pages long, you know, you, you have to say, step back, summarize, what are the key things? Okay, this person was in it, that happened over there and this happened there. And, and just get the key things. What happened? It's like a movie. The timing of it. Um, was it now, as in 2020? Or were you, were you back in your childhood, maybe? Or were you way in the future? To try and find out what's the timing. Because if you have a dream, and in the dream you're, you're going back into something in the past, that is God is now talking to you about something from the past, potentially needing dealt with. So he's taking you back in time. Also it's good to pay attention to significant colours or numbers. Numbers are symbolic. Colours are symbolic. We just had the yellow, which was the gold, which was the glory of God, but numbers are significant as well. And then ask yourself, what was the initial sense? Oh, I felt really peaceful. Um, I felt a real strong urgency. I felt the presence of God. Um, whatever. And note that down. What's the feeling? What's the sense? Very often, uh, the dreamer will have a title on the dream. The mouse dream. Uh, the party dream whatever, and that can be helpful as well in the interpretation. Now the meanings of these various symbols, there's four kind of ways 
to get the meaning. The first one is the biblical meaning. What's the biblical meaning? What's the biblical meaning of aeroplanes? We looked that up. What's the biblical meaning of wings? And we looked at some scriptures for that. But there's also universal meanings. Um, you know, a chair is used for sitting on. Um, a kitchen is a place where you make food. These are kind of universal meanings. And if you get some obscure things, it's sometimes useful to just look it up. In, in, I usually just use the internet to look it up to see what it is or what it's meant for. There's also a cultural piece, right? Um, I've got a little drawing there of a dog. To some people, the dog is the man's best friend. To another person, it's scary because they've got sharp teeth. So, so there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a personal piece there that's different. The cultural piece could be, um, you know, in, in, say in an Indian culture, they, they do this. And in an African culture, they do something else. So you have to bear in mind the cultural piece. And when God speaks to you, he knows which culture you're from. And he knows, you know, what your habits are and what family you came and what. So he will, he will speak to you in a way that is relevant to you. But if you're interpreting somebody else's dream, you have to bear these things in mind. The sub- symbolic meaning in scripture usually has many meanings. And so... It is like a jigsaw to pick the one that the Holy Spirit, that's what it means. And you can only do that by looking at the overall picture of the dream. Now, as a Christian, I always knew that God uh, spoke through dreams and vision because it was in the Bible. But I was really skeptical that you could learn how to interpret. I thought, oh, I think that's... I think that's questionable. What do you mean you can sit down and learn how to interpret a dream? I was really skeptical. I have to be honest with you. And then uh, I had a very short dream. In this dream, I was lying and a rat ran right past my right side. And I was like, because I really cannot stand rats. I really cannot stand. And so I said, Holy Spirit, what does it mean? And the Holy Spirit said, rat represents a disease. It will come this close, but it won't touch you. Okay, okay. And then, when these people were talking about dream interpretation, and they were giving me their dream card, and I was thinking, I didn't say to them, but I thought, not sure about this. <laughs> Just being honest with you. And I looked at the dream card, and I said, rat disease. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. That's what the Holy Spirit had told me. And I realized, there is something to this. And so I signed up to go on a dream interpretation course. Did part one. Three days spent on it. And I was starting to get the sense of it. They would tell a dream and then when they gave the interpretation I thought, oh yeah, that's so obvious now. But when they only had the dream it was hard. But when I saw the answer I knew, yeah, that's it, that's it, that makes sense. And then I thought, ah, oh, this is just too hard. And, and we went to special meetings that were here in West Lothian and this a visiting preacher came up and in the middle of his sermon he started to give prophetic words to people. He just pointed to me and he says, and the Lord says you shall continue with the John Paul Jackson dream interpretation because I had just heard that there was a part two and I thought I'm not going to bother to go because I'm not really very good at this. And I was like, yes sir. 
That was God telling me there was no, even mentioned the author of the training course. My goodness how precise God is when he gives us instructions because I had been holding back and the Lord had told me I was supposed to do it and I'm like, "Mm." so the Lord speaks to us and so we can learn. We can learn. It is a skill that we can learn. You study yourself and show yourself approved. You must learn. You must study to do it. Everything comes through studying and working at it. Now, when we get all these symbols, you have to kind of step back and look at the overall big picture to say, what is this all about? And then when you're saying, does it mean this or does it mean that? You have to say, what does the word of God teach? Because the interpretation always aligns itself with the word of God. So as an example, um, just the, I think it was last week I had a dream um, about our daughter. And in the dream, she had a brand new car. And she's gone, Mom, look at my new car. And I looked at it. And it was a beautiful car, all made out of wood. All made out of wood. And it was an open top. It was, there was no roof. It was just an open car, like a, like a sun car, you know? And I thought, okay, so um, I got the wood piece and I got the car piece, and then I thought, it's open. So there was two choices there. Because an open car means an open heaven, or you could say it's open to the elements because there's no protection from the rain and everything else, especially in Scotland. That's very important, isn't it? <laughs> but then I thought, okay... I know the character of God. I know the character of God. I know the word of God. So therefore I know he's saying she has an open heaven as this new job that she's been given. She's in a new job. You see? But, but that job is for a period of time because it's made out of wood. But this is what God has got. So I knew it was open heaven. So by aligning with the word of God and the character of God, that is what leads us to know which interpretation it is. Do you understand me? Yeah. So that's how we do it. Now, the Bible app, which hopefully most of you will have like on your mobile phone, this is actually really useful, isn't it? Because you can type in a word and you can do a search. And that's really helpful when you're trying to say um, a particular word and where it is used in scripture. And... So you can type it in. Now, I have to say, it's best to be careful with um, which translation to use. So the, a lot of the modern translations are really helpful in um, understanding the Old Testament. And for those of us that um, English is not the first language, being honest, then some of the King James can be quite difficult. However... I have found that for dream interpretation, I have found that for me, the King James gives me the deepest, the deepest um, interpretation versus the Bibles which don't profess to be a translation but a paraphrase. So paraphrasing it doesn't go very deep then when you're when you're doing. Um, interpretation. So I find that the King James is, you know, just goes deeper on the words. Um, So that's been my experience. I want to now um, use an example of 
how a word have multiple meanings even in scripture. And so we're going to look at this now and we're going to just do a deep dive on the word bird. Bird. If you have a bird, we used to go to a prayer meeting and this guy was praying and, and he said, um, I've got such a burden for France. I've got such a burden for France. And he's praying and praying. And then one of our relatives said, is he praying for his bird in France? He's just spending all this time in the prayer meeting praying for his girlfriend over in France. <laughs> he's got a bird in France. <laughs> but it wasn't a bird. It was a burden. <laughs> Back to real life now. <laughs> A bird. Yeah, you have to be careful with what the words are saying. So, if you go to Leviticus 14 in the Old Testament, it tells you all about clean birds and unclean birds. So, already here you see that there are two categories. The birds can be clean and they can be unclean. And they're two opposites, aren't they? And so we have many words that there is like a positive and there's a negative. So you have the colors. The colors can be a positive or a negative. And, you know, so red can represent war, but can also represent the blood of Jesus. So you have a positive and you have a negative. And so with birds, clean and unclean, total opposite. And we can see that when Jesus spoke in parables, in his parables he spoke about birds, and in these parables he was talking about, and he told you they represented evil spirits, demons. So birds can represent evil spirits. However, as you remember, when Jesus was baptized in water, how did the Holy Spirit come down? A dove. So that's also a bird. So the, a bird can also represent the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit and you've got the evil spirit. Now if, you have, if there's a bird in your dream, the bird could also just be your parrot, you know. or <laughs> It could just be a bird. That's possible as well. Just the natural meaning. But it could be evil spirit and Holy Spirit. What is the difference between dove? Or pigeon, someone knows? Dove and pigeon, I don't know. Because dove don't have gale. Doves don't have? Gale, no gale. Oh. He's asking what's the difference between a dove and a pigeon. And the answer is? Dove don't have gale, no gale. What is gale? Gale. 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 That's 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 what Okay. All right, let's get back to the general meaning of, of birds here. So also, in the Baker's dream, if you remember, in Genesis 40, it says, Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on the tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. Here the birds are representing evil spirits. Evil spirits. Now, there's other meanings, 
Matthew 23, 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. He is talking about wings and chicks. So birds could also represent the church. That's another possibility. Ruth 2.12, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. So here, come under your wings for refuge is talking about the Lord protecting us. So that's also a picture of the church. Then we go to Revelation, we're still on birds. Revelation 8, 13. The Lord will repay your work and a full reward be given by the Lord God. Oh, it's the same one, sorry. I've written down. Uh, it could also be an angel. In Revelation, it's an angel. Generally speaking, the most common one is that blackbirds would represent evil. If you remember Noah... Genesis 8, Noah sent out the raven and he could find no rest. But the scripture tells us there's no rest for the wicked. So the raven is kind of representing you know, evil versus the dove, which is the Holy Spirit. Also, Proverbs 26, verse 2, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying sh- shallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. So here you have like a curse. So here you have birds and it's talking about a curse. So kind of talking about the demonic realm again. Something negative. So I would say a blackbird typically is, is something evil. Now when you do the dream interpretation, depending on the person you're communicating to, you might choose not to use the word demonic in case you freak them out, or you may say dark, or, but the word evil is evil. And I personally believe that we have a responsibility to interpret what God is saying and not sugarcoating it so that if it's a warning, you know, they don't walk away and think, oh, that was nice. You know, if God is giving a warning, then it is for their good. And, um, you know, we, we do need to be true to the word of God. But I hope that this one example, which we've just done a, a, a deep dive on, I hope that this really helps you to just to see that there are multiple meanings. So to get the meaning, even if you looked it up in the Bible, it might be that the meaning is something different in one particular dream. But you could say that maybe in more than half of them, if there was a blackbird, it's likely to be something evil. Or maybe 60%, I don't know. But it's, it's quite often. But it's just to open our minds up to understand the multiple meanings and this whole concept that is a kind of positive and a negative. And you get the feel in the dream. When you read somebody's dream, you immediately get a feel whether... It's kind of a, a, a negative, a dark side, 
or a positive side. Very often in the dreams, there will be other words which confirms what God is saying. It maybe comes through with a number or the color which represents. So we had the aeroplane and we had the wing. So we were already in, in high spiritual places. And then just to make sure that the picture was understood, God gave it as it was, it was gold. So it was the glory of God. So there was several words all confirming what God was saying. And so when that's on the positive side because it was by God, but then on the negative side, it might be dark, there might be a lot of black colors in it as well. That's why black bird, you know, black is typically something dark representing evil. So you will see that it all kind of fits together. It's like fitting together a jigsaw. In the Bible, Bible we see also the, the raven, how God sometimes views the evil, sometimes his purpose, because he has been bringing the food to the Elijah. You know about this. Yes. This yeah, that's case, true. Sometimes God can use the evil. That's true. That's a good point. Employ, yeah. yeah. Employ the evil to accomplish his purpose. Yes, yes. So I, I just go back to say again here that the meanings, you've got the biblical meaning, which we've spent most of the time on, because this is how our dream interpretation is different from the, the psychologist interpretation. We are using the Hebraic, the biblical translation. We are doing dream interpretation based on what, the way that God has always done it all through the ages that's seen in the Bible. Um, so that's the biblical meaning. The universal meaning is important as well because there are certain words that we use now that you don't find directly in the Bible. And you have to, th- you're just asking yourself, what is it used for? Um, so if you're talking about a microwave, what's a microwave used for? You know? It's used for, for cooking food. It's used for cooking food. And what is food? What is food in the Bible? What does food represent, do you think, in the Bible? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, you see? So um, you've got natural food, but you've got spiritual food. So you've got kitchen, you've got a microwave. This is all to do with preparing food. And so you think about that as spiritual food. It's the word of the Lord. Are there any questions about the... Four different meanings here. Is people following okay? Good. Yeah, could you want to stand up behind there and people yeah. can hear you? Is anyone seeing that film Passion of Christ? Where yes, the Passion of Christ. Mount Calvary and obviously Jesus in the middle and he's got the two thieves left and right of him. Well, on the left, a bird came. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a bird came because um, that's right. He's called he was called Jesus because he was to the left of him. The way it's portrayed on the film he was he was at the left of him, so it, it must be Jesus, which is he's in he's in the gospel of Nicodemus. Uh, he denied his faith and a bird came down, crow, black crow, oh. and pecked his eye, took his eye out of him. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they put in the Passion of the Christ. They actually portrayed that yeah. the evil entering. They portrayed it as a blackbird coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, so when you're you're trying to understand what the symbols mean, it sort of depends on the situation. I mean, sometimes people will send me a text, and they will say, "What does such and such represent in a dream?" And that's really hard to answer because I have no picture of the the scene. I don't, you know, it's it's. You know what? What does um, what does a butterfly symbolize? What does it, it's just very difficult unless you actually have the entire entire. Not that you have the the scene, because it depends on the situation that you are in. Your, your interpretation has to be uh, from the overall scene. Metaphors, symbols, are very often exaggerated. I think of that as, you know, when you bring your children up when they're small <laughs> and they're not listening, you end up, or I certainly used to do, exaggerate certain points. I have told you a thousand times to do this, but I had actually only said it three times, right? So you're exaggerating to get a point across. Well, God does that with us. Um, in the dream, because he's wanting to catch our attention to something. So a nose, you use a nose to s- smell something. Is this, is that milk, is that milk fresh? Is that milk gone off? You use your nose, do you? <laughs> you can use your nose to smell if something is. So a nose can represent and often represent discernment. So in the dream, a person might have a huge nose because God is exaggerating the nose to teach you and speak to you about discernment. And so if something is exaggerated like that, yeah, then, then you pick it up. The other thing is, in dreams, as you know, all sorts of unusual things can happen. And when something happens that can't happen in real life, that usually indicates supernatural. Supernatural. Like if suddenly you find yourself in another country without taking a plane, that would be, you know, that would be a transportation that would be supernatural. You know, if suddenly um, you're, you're able to, to walk through the wall, that would be supernatural. But in dreams, these things can take place, and in the dream, it just seems to be normal. And then when you wake up, you're kind of giggling to yourself because, yeah. A, a very common thing is flying in the dream. Flying. And remember, we looked at aeroplanes, so when you're flying, you're, you're moving up in high spiritual places. You, you're, you're moving up, you've got a calling. So flying is supernatural. So this is talking about your, 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 your calling of God into the things of the spirit because you're moving in, in the air and you're able to fly. Now, 
there can in a dream there can be layers of interpretation, right? So because God is so smart, He speaks in multiple ways. It's like when you read the scriptures. You can read a parable and you get one meaning, and then the next time when you read it, you get even greater revelation. Right? So it happens all the time. Yes, Chris, all the time. But our dreams can be like that as well, in that God has layers and layers and layers. That is true as well when we get a prophetic word, isn't it? That, that's why it's always good to write it down, because our initial understanding is typically limited to what we can grasp at that time. But then as we pray over it and seek the Lord, then we get greater revelation. This is why I believe that to do dream interpretation, and if you're doing it by yourself, you've got to give it time. It's not a five-minute job. I'm not from here anyway. Maybe one that maybe you're faster than me. But it's got to give time for it to, to soak in. It's like I have to chew on it. I have to digest it and chew on it. Um, that can be playing on words. I gave you that example um, about being wrecked in the spirit, you know. So it seemed like it was something bad, but if God is playing on that word, being wrecked, very often you get that in dreams because God has got such a sense of humor that when you, when you start and you get interpretation, I start to laugh because God is playing on words, making jokes. You know, God is so creative. He's so creative and it comes out in the way that he speaks in dreams. Another hint here is not to stumble over details. When uh, people want help with the interpretation of dreams, some people send you and it's just a tiny little text like this. And then you've got the people that give you the five pages and you're like, wow. (laughs) The five pages, that's over the top, okay? But, but for them, because I obviously write everything down, they wrote everything down, you know. And then I got out of my bed, I put my socks on, then I got my brown shoes, then I did this, 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 this. Now, the brown shoes could be important because it could be your gospel shoes, that you walk in humility because brown is humility. So it could be important, but if it, the whole thing comes out as five pages, <laughs> then we're in trouble. So... What to do then is to just take that step back. Now, when you're interpreting for other people, we have to make sure that we've understood the dream first. And not everybody is good at communicating. So have them write it down and send it to you, or if you're in person, to tell it to you. And then when you've heard it, repeat it back to check, is that it? Because when you're repeating it back, you're basically summarizing. And if you missed out any key things, they will say, yes, but don't forget that I slipped off the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then you repeat it again. Because we have to have the dream understood first before we interpret. If you're missing one or two key things, you know, it's just we're not interpreting the right thing. That's just basic common sense, isn't it? To make sure that we've understood the dream first. And so uh, that's always the first step. So I usually try to do that without even worrying about what does it mean. Because once the brain goes into interpretation mode, 
you're no longer open for the fact that you haven't actually understood the whole dream. So it's like the first step is writing it down. Now, when we do ministry, when, for example, when we have Life Cafe here, we usually have teams and then people come in. And the reason that we do teams for dream interpretation is, as I said, for one person to interpret a dream, it really does take time. But if there's, say, three prophetic people there, then we build on each other. And one person will get the yellow wing, another one will pick up on the setting, and someone else says, yeah, the window is a revelation. Oh yeah, and he's seeing. That's a seer gift, that's a prophetic gift. And so everybody gets a piece, and you can quickly put it together. You see? Because it's a body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, working together, working together. So that's how we are able to give people a 15-minute slot, and in 15 minutes we can... We can um, interpret a dream. When people text me their dreams and I'm doing it by myself, although when I say do it by myself, I usually bounce things off Melvin and he's a great help. Uh, it's just helpful to chat with somebody about it. But then uh, when it's not in a team, then it takes longer. Because I've got to wait till I get all the revelation. So it's good to then just take some time and I, I pray about it, ask the Holy Spirit what else is there and then maybe the next day I've got it. So, so that's, how, that's how it works. Um, but if you remember the very first slide I showed you where Emma is reminding us about the prophetic word through Joel and Acts in the last days, we as the body of Christ, we have to get ready now to translate for d- dreams for people. Do you know when we are there evangelizing uh, if you're chatting with people at your work, people that you know, and you ask them about their, their dreams, people are very open to find out what their dreams mean. Much more so than you give them a gospel track. They are open to their dreams because deep inside them, they know, they have a know that knows that it's, it's important. It's important. So I'm really excited that as a church the body of Christ, that we are really getting into this, is I believe is very much needed. Um, Also I put down here, for the dreamer, sometimes if the person is sleeping in a new place, say you're away on holiday, or you're visiting somebody and you're sleeping in a different bed, that could the dream could be connected with the new place that you're in or that the person is in. Because you're kind of picking up on the atmosphere where you're going. So think about that as well. Reoccurring dreams. Most people, uh, unsaved people that come for dream interpretation is because it's been a very vivid dream or it's been reoccurring. I keep having this dream. Guess what? God is trying to get their attention. So he gives them the same dream over and over and over. And so they are not able to shake it. They want to know what it means. When they interpret the dream or when we do it in teams, we work with the person. We are not superior to the person. We work with the person because it was their dream, they had the experience, and we didn't. 
So we say, we believe that God is saying this to you. We believe this is what the dream means. How does that sit with you? Ask for feedback. Ask for feedback. And you work together. And they might say, oh, yeah. Hmm. And then they might, yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you, but this and this was also in the dream. So that could be. And so you're working together and building the interpretation together. Now, occasionally, of course, you get people that don't like the message. But I find, actually, um, it's been a great joy several times to have interpreted a dream for a person and to be able to share with them that this is God inviting them to have a personal relationship with him because God loves them very much. You know, so you're talking to an unsaved person and because they had a dream, it's made such an impact that when you, when you then, after you've interpreted the dream and you have the conversation with them and you can say, but would you like to respond to what God is saying in the dream? You can open your heart and allow and let Jesus come in and forgive you all your sin. And so you lead them to salvation. This has happened several times. Why? God is so gracious. And he speaks and he calls people. Sometimes, um, you remember even the, the examples we gave, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, Abimelech had dreams, and... Um, Gideon heard the dream of the soldier. These are all, uh, they were not Jewish people. They were not God's people. But God speaks, because when we read in scripture in Job 33, it's talking about God speaks to men. It doesn't say Christians. It doesn't say those that believe. God speaks to all people. Think about how many people in Islamic countries are receiving dreams when they encounter Jesus. Because God loves these people. And he speaks and ministers in dreams. And we have the privilege of being able to help people to interpret what the dream is. So, praise God. So, um, reoccurring dreams, it's very important. Hebrews 5.14, solid food belongs. Remember solid food? Food, food. Mm. This is talking about maturity. Mature Christians is talking about solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Exercised. This is how we learn. We have to practice, 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 practice. We have to work at it. Very important for us to work at it. They say practice makes perfect. Anything in this life, as in the natural, so in the spirit. I've got a picture there of a boy playing the piano. You know, if you want to be great, a great pianist, you have to start when you're young and you have to work at it. You don't achieve anything in life unless you work at it. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you see the Olympic gold winners, they look so happy and everything, and you think, wow, but you've not seen 
the slog and the days and the sweat and getting up early in the morning to go and practice everything in life that we want to be good at, we have to work at it and we have to practice it. Yes, yes. So this is what we have to do. We have to work at it. And you work at it by walking close to the Lord so you can hear the Holy Spirit. But there still is work. There still is work. This is where I kind of stumbled. I went to the first class and I learned so much. And then I thought, oh, this is still so hard. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure I'm cut out for this. And the Lord said, get back on. Come on. Come on. I don't think anything in the kingdom of God just comes easy. We have to work at it because treasures, we are the treasures in the earth that are dug deep. You have to dig them out. You have to work for it. Yes, there's a responsibility on our behalf. But as I said, we've got various good tools that people used to not have. We've got Bible apps on our phones, which are tremendous tools. Well, you can look at that while uh, in, in years past, you know, people would have to sit with a book and, and look up. I've got one good book I want to introduce you to. I find this an extremely useful tool, and it's called the Divinity Code, and it's written by a guy from Australia and another guy from New Zealand. And what they have done is based on several years of study, they have made a little uh, metaphor dictionary where they have put down, I'll just pick an example, oak. You know the tree and oak. What are the possible meanings of oak? Number one, longevity. But then for each possible meaning, they give you the scripture for it. And this is what I was missing in all the other books that I had looked at. Because I want to know how it comes from the Bible, because then I can look it up for myself, and I can learn. I find that a much better way of learning, rather than memorizing longevity oak. Oak is a longevity. It could be longevity. But if I look it up in the scripture, I start to see how did they get that from the Bible? and the way of thinking. So I'm learning a lot more. So longevity, Zechariah 11.2 in King James. Second possible, stable meaning deeply rooted, Amos 2.9. A third possibility, kingdom pillar, landmark, Joshua 24.26. Number four possibility for meaning of an oak is the cross from 2 Samuel 18, 9 till 4 and chapter 14 or verse 14 in the King James. Number five, an oak can represent a place of shelter, 1 King 13, 14. Number six, an oak can represent a place to bury the past. Genesis 35, 4 and verse 8, King James. Number seven, an oak can represent idolatry, 1 Chronicle 10, 12 in King James. Number seven, 
and all can represent idolatry, Isaiah 1.29, King James. And Isaiah 44.14-15, Ezekiel 6.13, Hosea 3.13. Number eight, and all can represent a proud enemy, Isaiah 2.12-13. Number nine, and all can represent durable, used for oars, Ezekiel 27.6. And last, and all can represent strong, as in Amos 2.9. So, an oak in scripture has ten potential meanings. Now, this is quite overwhelming when you just read it, but this is really useful if in your dream, the most prominent and key thing in your dream is an oak. And instead of you doing a word search, this saves me a lot of time because I look up oak and then I go and I'm thinking, ah, Longevity, no, I think it's a place to shelter. That goes better. I'm looking up the scripture, you know. It's just, this saves me a lot of time. It's really a useful tool. Now, of course, it doesn't have every word in the world in here. Um, so not everything is in here. I'm just saying it's a useful tool. And I love the way that they've got all the... Amazon. Yeah. I think it's, it's not very expensive either. I think I paid 12 pounds or something. It's less than 20 pounds. But it's worth gold. <laughs> it's worth gold. So I'll leave it here and then in the break you can have a look. But you're not allowed to take it because I need it. I need it myself. Yeah, I, I really like this book. Now that's kind of cultural pieces. This is done with these Australian New Zealand guys. I find that the culture is quite similar to kind of our culture here. Uh, there's been other ones that are kind of very American and that then you just need to make little tweaks. Um, so you've got kind of little cultural pieces, but yeah, I find that a really useful tool. Um, just looking at the clock and we said that we would finish the first session at 12. So we're going to pause where we are at right now. And so, um, I'll just stop this.